Welcome on people, it's your boy Mo, aka The Hoop Genius. I just want to thank all of you guys who lock in. This is part two of the episode that dropped earlier this week, so if you haven't heard that, go check that out and then come back and hear this one. But before we get into today's episode, I want to tell you about a very exciting opportunity that I have for you. Now, you guys know me, I chop it up with NBA players on the regular, whether that's in person, before the lockdown, or whether that's virtually on Zoom or on WhatsApp or whatever it is. But I want to offer you guys the chance to talk one-on-one with an NBA player. I'm offering you guys the chance to meet and greet my guy, Colin Sexton of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now, if you want this opportunity, if you want to chop up with an NBA player, ask him your questions, it's very simple. The only thing you have to do is hit the link in the Hoop Genius Instagram bio, download the Home Court app. It's a dope app, we'll talk about that in a sec. But you just gotta show off your skills. I know everyone says they've got handles. It's time you prove it. Now, you can be a beginner, you can be an advanced, like you could be dribbling the basketball for the first time. The Home Court app is gonna teach you how to dribble the basketball like an NBA professional. And if you are great with the ball handles, if you've got that killer crossover down on lock, the Home Court app will show you some drills to take your game to the next level. So all you've gotta do is hit the link in the Hoop Genius Instagram bio, download the Home Court app, and enter the Junior NBA Skills Challenge presented by Gatorade for your chance to win a meet and greet with Colin Sexton. It's not every day that you can talk to an NBA player, so trust me, this is an opportunity that you don't want to miss. So make sure you hit the link in the Instagram bio of the Hoop Genius page, download the Home Court app, and enter the Junior NBA Skills Challenge presented by Gatorade. And no, they didn't tell me, Gatorade didn't pay me to say this. I'm offering you guys this opportunity because first of all, it's a dope app. I'm going to be making some content with the app this summer. And second of all, this is a dope opportunity for you guys to talk to an NBA player because I appreciate the blessings of how honored I am to do this show with Mr. BJ Armstrong that you're about to hear. And I want to give you guys the chance to talk to an NBA player too. But obviously I can't let everyone talk to an NBA player. It's time to show off your skills. So download the Home Court app, hit the link in my bio and get cooking. Show me your skills, show me your crossovers, enter the contest and one of you guys will have the chance to meet and greet Colin Sexton of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And without further ado, Enjoy this episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast. I'm really enjoying this Commerce Finals. Not, yes. not, not, don't, don't. I said this on Twitter and people tried to twist my words. I'm not happy about anyone being injured. Okay. But I am, I can enjoy this conference finals without talking about the injuries right let's just put because every team has injuries every player has injuries i'm enjoying not knowing who's going to win each game because usually for the past 10 years obviously not the last two but usually it's just a question of okay lebron's going to the final from the eastern conference let me watch the western conference games because they're actually going to be interesting because there's going to be the Celtics, the hawks or the raptors that gets beat by lebron on his way to the finals but now this year, wide open. And looking forwards ahead, aside from Brooklyn, everyone getting healthy, there doesn't look to be any outright super teams, as it were, anymore. So even now, looking at you know the, the teams that didn't even make the playoffs, when we look at some of the teams that weren't in the picture, New Orleans, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, I expect them to be in the postseason the Minnesota Timberwolves, if they can figure out whatever the hell's going on there, they've got Carolina Towns, who, if utilized correctly, yeah. 
be a great piece. The OKC Thunder, I don't know what's going on there. They're talking about trading Shy Gilgis Alexander. That's all types of crazy. But then even in the Eastern Conference, you've got the Chicago Bulls who missed out, who now have two All-Stars on their team. The Toronto Raptors who are, who are trying to bounce back. The Detroit Pistons, we've got the number one pick. We could see Cade Cunningham come into the league and really do something special as well as, you know, they got Jeremy Grant. So I'm looking at it like, is the talent in this league at an all-time high in terms of the depth of talent? Not saying that the top players are better than the top players of past generation. I'm saying the depth of talent. Like every team has players that you want to tune in and watch. Well... Not to say that you didn't. I, in I, I, I wouldn't. But you see where I'm coming I, from. I don't. I don't want to date myself and start saying the oh, no, no, no. world was better when we played. I, I, I will say this. You know, I, I think the, the the game today is a different game. It's just a different game. So it's not even fair to compare oh, that yeah. generation with this generation because of the way the game is played. Okay, in our generation there were only maybe a handful of players who could play that level of isolation basketball. Mm -hmm. Like no one played like Kevin Durant, right? You know, even, even Michael Jordan didn't have that many isolation plays as Kevin Durant or James Harden or Kyrie Irving. Yeah. Or, you know, when you're watching Giannis, when you're watching LeBron, I mean, these guys are dribbling the ball five, 10 times per possession every time they touch it like too many like if you watch a if you watch a michael jordan right which is one of the most prolific scores right his efficiency three dribbles max mm -hmm. two dribbles he was either at the basket pulling up catch it in the pull like these guys are like Kev i'm watching kevin durant get the ball in the backcourt dribble the ball up set a screen rescreen and then get up a shot like that just didn't happen in our generation, right? Okay, uh, like Larry Bird didn't do that. You know, no one played with this level of yeah, isolation. Yeah, yeah. That I, you th I, I think maybe so, I phrased it wrong. I, what I mean to say yeah. is, like, I'm not even talking all the way. I'm talking, let's say, 10 years ago. Let's say even the mid-2000s, right? Right. When a team was bad, like, let's say, for example, the Charlotte Bobcats, before they were the Hornets, when they were the Charlotte Bobcats, right? What mm -hmm. I mean to say is the young players coming into the league now are so exciting that not to say that the guys weren't before, but what I mean to say is the bottom team in the NBA in each conference, there are still individual players, Shaggy Alexander, Jeremy Grant, Cade Cunningham when he comes in now. I still tune in for those games. But if I think back to, let's say, the Boston Celtics in 2006, right? They had Paul Pierce and it was exciting, but it wasn't quite as exciting as it is now. I don't know if that makes any sense if I've explained what I'm yeah, trying to say. Yeah, it does make sense. And Mo, you know, there's a thing that's going on in this league, in our league, and, and for all of us who love professional basketball. You know, when you talk about the league and, and the state that it's in, we have to talk about tanking. Mm. And, the, and, and, you know, when I came into the league, Mo, all right, when I came into the league, you had all-stars sitting on the bench waiting for their opportunity to play, right? Reggie Miller, you know, myself made an all-star team. You know, you had guys like Mookie Blaylock. You had like Sean Kemp was coming off the bench. You know, you had guys like Detlef Shrimp coming off the bench. 
you don't see that level of player coming off the bench anymore. Yeah. You follow me? Yeah, yeah, no, I feel you. So now these guys, whether they're ready to play or not, are thrust right in. They're playing. Okay. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. You're putting them right in, in there. So mm-hmm. what you're seeing is the, the 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 philosophy of the NBA now is you don't draft a guy and bring him along. Yeah. You just throw him out there. So now you're excited, like Anthony Edwards, like Anthony Edwards, probably in our generation. He, yeah, he this, this is how I was for a couple to, years. This is how I was trying to yeah, say, it, like, you, like you a John Moran. And not John Moran, yes, starting point guard. Here's the keys to the franchise. Right. Ten, even 10, 15 years ago, I don't think that happens. Ex- exactly. I mean, think about it, Gary Payton. Think about the you got Hall of Famers. Mm. You follow what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it, it was. It's just a different time. It, it's just a different time. You know, like think about. I mean, there's so many incredible players that started off coming off. Scottie Pippen, a top 50 player. Scottie Pippen came off the bench for his first two or three years. One of the top 50 players of all time. Mm-hmm. Horace Grant. These guys were coming off the bench. Okay. So the, it's just a little different because those teams who were at the bottom back then, those guys were still trying to win. That's the... Now it's like, well, we're going to draft a guy and we're just going to throw him out there and let him play. And, you know, he plays well, <laughs> 45 games. Well, that but wasn't I happening love it in though. our generation. I oh, love yeah, it now. I, 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 this hey, is it amazing is what it is. for me. I'm, like, I'm I, cool with it. If, we're going to see this, like. this, this K Cunningham coming to the league. All right, cool. Now you're going to start point guard of the Pistons. Let's see what you got. I, I'm saying. Think about that. Think about that. K Cunningham, Jalen Suggs, uh, uh, let's get Evan Mobley, Jaylen all of Green, these guys, guys. Jalen Green, all of these guys are, are going to start next year. Mm-hmm. Whether they're ready or not, they are going to start. Think about that. Yep. Think about that. You, you follow what I'm saying? But, but in our generation, it was like, you know, if you were a starter, your rookie or second year, that was like, ooh, yeah, you were really good. You better like in my draft, that was like David Robinson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and how old was he coming into the league as well? Yeah, exactly. Like, That's old. what I'm saying. Yeah, so you had, you know, the number one pick in my draft was Purvis Ellison. Like, Purvis Ellison, the number one pick. He didn't start. Mm-hmm. None of those guys. You know what I mean? Glenn Rice. None of us started. Mm-hmm. But David Robinson was a rookie who started, who wins MVP my rookie year. Okay. That was like, oh, wow, this dude must be really, really good. Mm-hmm. And if you were a, a rookie or a first-year player and you started, like, maybe the second half of the season, that was a, an enormous achievement. Like, Jordan was just like, okay, who is this guy? He started like, you, you know what I mean? That yeah. just didn't happen. Magic Johnson. That just didn't happen. So it's a new era, and that's why it's so important, Mo, that you play the game for the level of competition to win. Mm-hmm. Winning is the purity of the game. You can't be developing that because it, it, it takes away from the integrity of the game. Mm-hmm. That's what everyone has to perform, Mo. That's the key. And that's, to me, that's what made this play-in tournament. It was not perfect. But I thought it forced teams to say, God, we got to, you know, we're right see, there. We see, I've got an idea. I've, I've got an idea. Now, I know this sounds crazy and it will never happen, okay? But here's my idea, right? 
Eight teams from each conference make the playoffs. Cool. You're in the playoffs. The rest of the teams should have a tournament to see who gets the number one pick in the draft. Because then you cannot take. No, no, you can't. You you can't do that. You you can't do that. And you know why? Uh, yeah, because the eight teams will drop out. And no, yeah. well, no, the players won't benefit. So the so you're you're looking from the franchise perspective. Yeah, yeah. They don't want to play the, for the, their replacements. Come in. So here I am as a free agent. I'm going to help you get the number one pick who's going to replace me so you can get the number one pick and then don't sign me for next year. That's, oh. I'm, I'm, saying that, I'm saying that from a fan perspective. Not like yeah, That's why I, get that's it. Why I yeah. have to preface it with it will never happen because it, it just logistically won't. But that's the shit. Like, I would rather see, even if we take the worst two teams in the league and say, all right, cool, Detroit, Houston, you two are going to have a game winning team gets up just because it adds an extra layer of oh man maybe we shouldn't have tanked all those games on purpose maybe we shouldn't like because right now what i'm seeing is the reason why i'm saying this is the tanking stuff i don't agree with it because i think it builds a culture of losing and my evidence for that is the philadelphia 76ers the reason they can't win is because they tried to lose for so long now they just can't win they've all they've got all the pieces there on paper they can't win but this week i'm hearing that the OKC Thunder finished with a record of 22 and 50. Who bear in mind, they were knocking about the eight, nine seat for a lot of the years where they just rested everyone and tanked fully. They are trying to reportedly trade Shai Gilgis Alexander for one of the top picks in this year's draft. They just want more picks because they say Shai Gilgis Alexander doesn't fit their timeline. Shai Gilgis Alexander is 22 years old. He looks like he can be an all-star point guard in this league. Now, I don't know where these reports come from if they're actually looking to do it. I've seen rumors of the number four pick and some pieces from Toronto in exchange for Shy because he's Canadian. That's the obvious link there. But I just think it's crazy that you say a 22-year-old doesn't fit the timeline because what I, well, I just think it's nuts. I, 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 I definitely understand. Listen, I don't have a problem with the analytics, right? You know, I, I listen, analytics are good. I've been looking at stat sheets my entire life. I've been looking at the, you know, give, give me this, give me the stats after the game, like everyone else, I, because you can learn from it. You can just see, okay, man, we got out rebounded tonight. That's useful information. Okay. They had, they didn't turn the ball over. Okay. That's useful information. We didn't shoot the ball extremely well. That's useful information. The problem with the analytics is when the analytics, that's the only tool that's used to make decisions because you have to take in the human element here. Mm -hmm. Okay. The analytics can't measure two things. They can't measure a man's or a woman's heart and they can't measure their mind. And then, it, it, so when you talk about the analytics and you talk about building teams and you talk about putting together chemistry and skill sets and all of those things, that's a, that's a skill. Yep that takes years and years to develop. You just don't like look at a stat sheet and go, I like this guy's measurements. <laughs> you know, the guy, uh, he's got a seven, six wingspan. This guy's good. We like long athletes. Well, what does that mean? Like, what, what does that mean? Like I, I heard, I heard, a, I heard an executive tell me we like all of our players to have a clean, a, a clean scouting sheet. So I was like, what is a clean scouting sheet? He either shoots threes or shoots layups. We don't want any, any of his shots to come in the mid-range or anything. So I was like, is that a thing? He was like, yeah, we, we, 
we only identify players who can have a, a clean scouting report. Oh, so, so that must be, I don't, I don't know who you're talking to, but I would assume the only way that that's logical in my mind is if you're a contending team picking at the very end of the second round. Well, think about this, Mo. Everyone, that's the only way it, every, it would make sense Mo, everyone plays the same way. Mm-hmm. So you ask about our generation to this generation, Mo. Everyone is playing as if they have Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. Everyone can't shoot threes. Mm-hmm. In our generation, the, the Knicks played a certain way. The Pistons played a certain way. The Bulls had a certain style. Golden State had a style. The Houston Rockets had a style. There were like different styles of basketball. Now, Mo, everybody shoots threes and everyone shoots But, but that's players. what I'm saying. It's like the, the analytics thing is because people have been talking about a lot with Devin Booker and Chris Paul saying, yeah, analytics is wrong because they should. The thing with the analytics is the mid-range shot is good if it's a good mid-range shooter. There's no problem with Chris Paul taking a mid-range shot because analytically that is a good shot. If you look at this, if you run the numbers, the only time where I think that it would make sense, the reason why I said it must be a contending team would be a role player coming off the bench to fulfill a certain role. You see, like if I'm a contending team and I've not got the cap space to sign more free agents, I've not got pieces to make a good trade, and I need a shooter to come in and be Kyle Corver for my team. That's the only way that that sentence that that executive said to you would but be no, logical. You only can have Kyle Corver if you have a star player that can command a double team. How oh, many of those guys, how many? So everyone says role players as if there's all these star players. No, there's only about four. I can't even name five what I would consider superstar players. But this is why I said it's got to be. Who can command. That's why I said he's got to be a contending team, meaning Kevin Durant's team. Kawhi's team, Giannis's team, LeBron's team, or, or Steph Curry's team, if they will get healthy. That, do you see what I'm saying? That's otherwise, I, I, yeah. That sentence is just, we only want threes and layups. Well, I, I mean, I, I uh, well, I mean, look, I mean, I, I think Jokic, I look at star players. If you're going to be a star, a superstar player, right? I mean, this is another conversation we're going to have sometime. Mm. What makes a superstar player? What make What truly makes a superstar? Right, a superstar player. You getting numbers is just one thing. Mm-hmm. Winning games is another, but don't confuse them. Mm-hmm. A superstar that wins games can only play the he can he has to play from two positions. He plays from the low post or the pinch post. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you were. A wing player like a Jordan, you Kareem, except, except you're for Steph. Magic. I got to put a disclaimer okay. in there. Okay, for Steph. but uh, okay, we could say except for Steph was the first one to introduce us. Okay, mm-hmm. the first one to introduce us to shooting the three ball at a high percentage, and it wasn't he wasn't hot. He's just normal. He shot the ball with such consistency from range that you said, okay. The rest of us would go six for 10. We were just hot that night. Steph Curry, he just did that all the time. So (laughs) suddenly now you're like, this guy isn't hot. He's just shooting the ball at a, a consistency that we haven't seen before. This is the difference. I get why he shoots threes. The other guys, I don't understand because they're not shooting at the same clip. Mm-hmm. So now they've 
come into. So the counter to that is volume. Yep. I understand why Steph and Clay shoot them because they're shooting them at a, at a, at a, a higher percentage where most of us can't shoot at that percentage, right? Like we've never seen someone shoot at this level. I understand why they shoot them. The other guys are shooting them. I'm going, okay, what's going on here? <laughs> why are you pulling up one on four on a fast break? You're not shooting it at the same clip. But again, they've come to this philosophy. They're saying, well, if I make 33% of my shots and you make 50% of your shots, you got to shoot 50%. And all I got to do is shoot three for 10 and I still got nine points. Mm -hmm. And if I go four for 10, I got 12 to 10. Mm -hmm. Four for 10. Okay, you follow me. Yep. That's, the, that's, the, that's, the, that's, the, that's the philosophy in here. Steph Curry is shooting six for 10 on an off day. <laughs> he could shoot 10 for 10 consistently. I mean, I, you watch this guy practice and you go, he'll make 83s like in a row. You're like, this is like something different. I get why he's doing it. The rest of y'all, I don't understand it though. That's the key. Mm -hmm. He's shooting at, I mean, he really is an amazing, amazing shooter. So Steph Curry is just, this is just something that's a little different because he doesn't just shoot threes like a Kyle Korver, catch and shoot. He shoots them off screen roll. He shoots them in transition. He shoots them off one leg. He shoots them off fadeaways. He shoots them off a step back. The efficiency in which this man is shooting gives him a unique perspective on the game that we have yet to explore. Yeah. He was the very first one. He was a, uh, now, now, how does that work without him having a player like a Draymond to get him the ball? I don't know. That's what makes it interesting to me. We're never gonna know. This, this, <laughs> never we'll gonna. never know. This will say. This is what I'm saying. We will never know. So it it was like great players. What we know, Mo, are always looking for real estate or space on the floor to operate. Mm -hmm. So while everyone else was trying to work on their low post game and screen roll, Steph Curry went out to the three point line because no one was out there, and said, "I can do this." And and just going back, if we go back full circle. Which is why it was so interesting to me what that executive said, because this is why no one drafted Draymond Green until the second round. I was watching that draft. I watched him at Michigan State, and he was a dominant force in Michigan State. He was carrying that team. He was an amazing player. And I was shocked that he didn't get drafted. I remember tweeting Danny Angel or, or, or the Celtics account at the time saying, draft Draymond Green. They drafted Fab Mello and Jared Sullinger instead. But a player like Draymond Green, analytically, is a horrible player. But as you said, you can't measure that just by looking at a sheet. So I get players that are looking for guys that can shoot like Steph. Teams are looking for guys that can shoot like Steph. But they're not looking for guys that can play like Draymond. And I think Draymond is the key to the whole thing. But let me take it back to the original question. I don't think the OK scene was how much of that is based in analytics. Their thing was timeline. That was what the report said of we're trading shy because he doesn't fit our timeline because he's 24 and I guess they've got every first round pick for the next 20 years. So the kids are currently like 10 years old that are going to be picked with those picks. So I don't know what OKC are doing and how many picks, but my point is 
whatever draft pick you get in exchange for him, there's no guarantee. In fact, there's less of a guarantee that the odds are lesser that you will get a player that turns out as good as Shaikh or Sagasana. Okay. You see the point so, that I'm making? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I see the point you're making. Understand this, Mo, when you're building a team, because I know you want to be an executive in this league. As you're building a team, mm -hmm. everyone has to fit in the same timeline. It's kind of like Marvel Comics. You know, you can't have different timelines here. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I, I get you. Okay, okay. Now, this is what every, this is what every executive knows. Now, whether or not they admit it is another thing. You can't win a championship with cap space. Mm -hmm. Okay. You can't have, he, and I said he, the Oklahoma City Thunder, Sam Presti, what they've done is now they've acquired all of these picks. Okay. And most of these picks are, will be lottery picks. Okay. Let's do the math. He can't pay everybody. Mm -hmm. <laughs> all right. Mm -hmm. Bo, it's great when they're on their rookie scale. Yep. Just by the numbers, one of them is going to pan out. He can't pay everybody. And so I don't know. He's got 20 of them now. He's got 20 of them. He's okay, let's do the math. Come. Okay, let's do the math. He can't pay all of those people. But he also knows he can't he can't pay Shea Alexander. Whether they want to admit it or not, they can't pay Shea Alexander max money and get more draft picks. It just doesn't work in the timeline. I feel you. Now, now, and the reason he can't do it is because of the following. You can't ever devalue, Mo, because you're going to be an executive. You can't ever devalue your players, your current players, or your future. You can't devalue it. So if you pay Shea Alexander max money, you got the worst record in the league. Something doesn't look right there. Mm. If you got a max player and he's got the worst record in the league, he's probably not a max player. So you hmm. just devalued the situation. So now they just spent money. What they did was they would more or less, they are developing a player for someone else to benefit. So he, you are going to have to make this decision at some point too, my friend. I, hate, I don't know what I'm not saying he that's what he is doing. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But well, it's but that's a realistic thing that they all got to figure out because you can't expect these young 18, 19 year old kids to come in this league and perform. Where are they yeah. going to develop? But here's the thing he's got so many picks now, it's impossible for him to use all those picks, right? He's okay. got so 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 the logic in my head of what I thought he was trying to do is let Shagiris Alexander improve, improve to the point where he's going to be looking like an all-star next year or the year after, right? And then all of these picks that you've got and all of this bad salary that you've got, you package them together and you bring in someone that is unhappy in their team. So I don't, I don't know who's, who's going to be, whatever it is, might be unhappy or the team might be looking to go in a different direction or whatever it may be. You then trade some of those picks and the bad salary being Kemba Walker or, or, or whoever it may be to that team for a, a player to come in and compliment Shagrish Alexander. And then you do it again with the rest of you because it's impossible to draft 30 players. There's only 15 roster spots and only 12 you know, of them are NBA roster spots. 
you know, Mo, when you, again, this is for your, is your team building. There are only one or two players that actually can tip the scale at any given time in the NBA, right? Like if you put this player on a team, they would tip the scale. This idea that I'm going to pick up a disgruntled player from another team because my situation is so good. <laughs> you know, that's what the teams we do. We are though. who we are. Yeah. No, no, I, I'm not, that's what the teams do because that's what they're selling. It doesn't work. If you're disgruntled over here, what makes you think you're going to be like happy over here? You are who you're, you're not going to change the stripes. Okay. The key is the key is the following players always want to play where there are other good players and they're winning. So suddenly now it's in vogue. Now everyone's got, if you're a star player, you got to look at the Knicks. Well, New York was New York last year too. What happened? Well, they won some games. Okay. All those guys go to Brooklyn. Well, they go to Brooklyn together. These guys go to LA. They go to LA together. The key is you have to win to attract the best players. Pat Riley, in my humble opinion, he's figured it out. You got to win. You, 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 a star player wants to look at your team and go, oh man, they won 50 games without me. I could push them over the top. Mm. I feel you. What a star player doesn't want to do is go, they won 20 games and I'm going to go down there and, and turn that whole thing around. I, I'm going to show them. No, no, because everybody knows people may say that, but here's a deep secret. It's only two or three of those guys at any given time in the NBA. Yeah. It's only, you, you follow what I'm saying? I, I feel you. Miami, I feel you. My, Miami is a team you look at, you go, okay, they got Bam. They got Jimmy Butler. They got some shooters. You know what? I, I, that, but that's free agency. That's free. I'm looking at a trade like Listen. the Celtics won 17 games in 2007. Okay, so traded who are they going to trade? Let's figure out. They traded who, for KG and, and Ray Allen, and they had the best single season turnaround of all time and win the championship. That was Kevin McHale and Danny Ainge. <laughs> and I traded. And I traded. And I traded Ray Allen because I knew I was going to get Kevin Gar Kevin Durant. Yep. Now, name me another scenario where it, the, where it lined up that perfectly. Like, okay, that's great. That, that, that's great. I, I, I okay. wait for the Celtics. Okay, but name me another scenario where it works. Where it worked like that. The Toronto Raptors, when they traded for Kawhi Leonard, he was unhappy in his situation. They traded for him. They weren't exactly the best team in the Eastern Conference. They were getting destroyed every year. LeBron owned the city of Toronto. And they traded for Kawhi. He comes in, pushes them over the edge. They win the championship. Okay. You see what I'm okay. saying? So, so, so that's why where the whole thing of... How and, many people have... That's what made Masai situation so unique. These are one... You're naming one-offs. Mm. Okay. You're naming one-offs. I'm not... Uh, I, I, Kawhi comes up to... There's never been a player with Kawhi status, goes to a place for one year, wins and leaves. <laughs> <laughs> that's never happened before. Now, that's what made it like... Let me... Let me. I remember all the executives were like, God, man, DeMar DeRozan was under contract. 
He's going to get Kawhi. There's no guarantee he's going to keep the guy. And what's the odds on him coming there and winning a championship in, in one year? Like, what's the odds? Like, think about it. Like, come on. You're just going to build a team in one year. Like, what's the odds on that happening? Like, come on. I mean, and he knew that if he didn't win, there was no chance he was going to keep him. And they did win, and he still didn't keep him. <laughs> so give Masai credit for having the guts and the courage to do that. But more importantly, a lot of things fell their way. Yeah. A lot of things fell their way. I mean, what if – I think KD got hurt that series, yeah, right? KD, KD and Clay Thompson. And K- Clay Thompson. Yeah, so yeah. what if they're all healthy? Oh, they're losing four. This is what I'm saying. So a lot of things happen, taking nothing away from, from, from what they did. But, you know, those are great examples. But again, that's why you play. You know, you, you think you're going to win, but that's why you play. You got to play the game and do it. So, you know, it was... it was An exception to the rule. A, it's exception. Hey, and that's why, that's why Masai is Masai. Masai... Gave it. He, but, but he having, pushed all of his ha- chips to the middle of the table, though. Having said that, as we speak, I have a notification here. The backlash from Portland Trailblazers coaching search and his concerns over whether a championship contender can be built have become major factors that could force Dave Lillard to request out of Portland. Now, okay. Mark Stein of the New York Times, or formerly of the New York Times, he left the other day, says... There is always, eventually, an NBA star who emerges as dissatisfied with his situation when we didn't expect. That's why we call it this league. That is why I say what I said about cashing in those chips, because it's impossible to put 30 draft picks on a roster. And there will always be, whether it's Dame Lillard now, whether it's Bradley Beal next year, whether it's Giannis if they don't win this year in a few years' time, there will always be someone out there that you can go and get. And yes, there will always be someone out there you can get, but also know this, you're not going to get that player. Okay. If your ownership doesn't say, what's the chances on us keeping this player? Okay. This is key. We can point to it when it works, but look at the Toronto Raptors. Now (laughs) look at them now. Hey, they got the number four pick in the draft. They got the number four pick in the draft. Okay, I think they're nice. They're probably going to lose Kyle Lowry. Yep, they're they're going to get the number four. The number four pick in the draft is not the number four pick in the draft 15, 20 years ago. These guys aren't coming in, turning your franchise around with 10, 15 games in the winning column. Yeah. Now you're getting the number four pick in the draft, and we put more value on the draft pick than the actual performance of these players who are coming in. They're they're so young, like. Some of these players, some of these players now get drafted in the top five and they, they couldn't even make the NCAA tournament. Yeah, yeah. So how many of these general managers and executives have the stability to say, you know what, I can draft these guys and hold on to my job for the next four or five years. Absolutely. So again, you can't trade a guy and, and that guy can say, you can trade for me, but I'm out afterwards. Like the, the one thing that's that is why James Harden being traded James Harden 
was was tough. Anthony Davis, we saw the year before that. Mm-hmm. We this is very very tough. This is a concerning problem with the league because suddenly now the the owners, I mean not the owners, the players are saying exactly what you're saying. You can trade for me. You could trade for him. But I'm not going to sign there. That's not where I want to go. And then all of a sudden you're going to trade assets or that's what they refer to him as. They're going to trade first round picks. They're going to trade player X. So they're going to lose all of those first round picks and players and then lose that player. And then you're stuck in a rebuild a year or two later. I feel you. The the question then you have to weigh up is, are you prepared to take the risk and do what Toronto did one championship and then a full rebuild? Because that's what they're going to have to do now. I think they're going to have to trade Siakam for, for, for younger parts. Absolutely. 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 He's got to do I, I don't know he's got to do well, it, but I, I think, think it, Toronto has to do has to they have to do a signing trade. Why? Because you don't want to lose Kyle Lowry for nothing if you don't have to. Mm-hmm. If you could do a signing trade, get something back for him. You just lose him for nothing. They should have traded him. Siakam. Yeah. So Siakam. Okay. So Siakam now is on a what he's on a if he's on a max he's a near max. I mean he's near got a max, big contract. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So now suddenly. You're going to be in the midst of playoffs for the next one or two years while this number four pick is developing with a player who's in a near max. And oh, that player is going to sit back. Yeah. And then, and then whoever you get will probably be a guard. So now what does that do to Van Fleet, right? If you get Jalen Green or Jalen Suggs or whomever they get with the fourth pick in the draft. So again, these are all the things you talk about rebuilding a team as they're developing this player or young players. So it's very tough and very difficult to do, but you know, we're, I, I just can't wait to see you do it because I'm going to be on. I'm still going to be doing podcasting. Going, hey, what's he doing? What's he doing? <laughs> listen, we got championships on championships. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about it. But listen, okay. all right. It's always good to catch up, talk about a game. Appreciate you jumping on as always. Shout out to everyone who listened. Make sure you subscribe, comment, like, tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend. We got more on the way. We got a lot coming this summer and beyond. So stay locked in and get buckets.